0: Hello, listeners, and welcome again to the Meg podcast. Uh, Been a little while since we did one of these. We had hoped to do one a bit sooner, but you know how schedules go. Um, Various things crop up real life. So I think it's been about a month since we did one. But uh, as promised, we're back. Um, I have, as usual, uh, Matt and Richard here to discuss tonight's topic. So uh, welcome aboard, chaps. Good evening. Good evening. Um, and as promised at the end of the last um, episode, what we're covering tonight—I'm saying tonight—I don't know when you're listening, but that's when we're recording. <laughs> oh, always oh, say it's odd on podcasts. People say, "Oh, welcome to this morning, this evening, tonight." Who knows what it is? Um, we are covering the the Spanish Reconquista in Spain. Um, we're going to cover it up till about twelve fifty. Is that right, Richard? Yes, something like that. Yeah, rather than the full scope all the way to the fall of Grenada in 1490 something <laughs> excuse my vagueness so we're we're basically concentrating on the period first half of the reconquist I suppose which includes El Cid and and of course made, made famous for a lot of people by by the film 1960s film Carlton Heston and Sophia Loren if I remember rightly indeed so, you know that. So, we, as ever, we have a number of army lists that relate to the period from the Meg army lists to present to you. And these will, of course, be on the blog when this podcast goes live. So as you're listening to it now, you should be able to go to the blog and look at the army lists, should you wish. So, without further ado, I will hand over to Richard, who, as ever, is going to go through some history with us. And um, No doubt we will learn stuff as usual. So, over to you, Richard.
1: Thank you Nick uh, and good evening. So um, the Reconquista, uh, Reconquest if my Spanish is anything to go by. Um, So uh, this uh, essentially started very soon after the Arab and Berber invasion of Visigothic Spain in 711. So after the fall of the Roman Empire the Visigoths had established a kingdom in Spain and uh, had held it until um, the Arabs, having expanded across the whole of the um, North African coastline of the Mediterranean, um, then took the short hop from uh, Gibraltar and invaded Spain. Um, the um, Visigothic kingdom collapsed very quickly, but uh, uh, little bits of Spain were able to retain or establish their independence. Uh, um, the earliest being Asturias, which was established after the Battle of uh, Covadonga, um, which is either dated to 718 or probably more likely to 722. Um, they also the area in uh, the sort of Basque region to the north of Spain, Navarre was able to maintain its independence as well. Uh, And so events um, unfolded, and by the middle of the 11th century, um, the Kingdom of Leon, which was the successor to Asturias, uh, Castile, Navarre and Aragon uh, was sort of near modern Catalonia, uh controlled most of the north and east of the Iberian Peninsula. So those were the Christian kingdoms, while the um, Arabs still controlled um, uh, the rest of Spain. Although it's worth noting that in fact many of the Mus- much of the Muslim population of Spain was actually uh, probably of Spanish descent as-, as much as they were of Arab descent. Um, because throughout this period, only relatively small numbers of Arabs actually invaded Spain. Um, the disintegration of the Umayyad Caliphate, and apologies if I've got that um, pronounced poorly, uh, led to um, the Islamic control of Spain falling into different principalities. Um, known in Uh, Arabic, and I'm going to definitely get this wrong, as Molochid Tawif. And in Spanish, that that became known as Reyes de Taifas. And so they are known as Taifa principalities. And there are as many as 24 of these established um, uh, throughout Spain. Um, The most significant of them being Zaragoza, Valencia, Toledo, Mercia, Granada and Seville. Um, But uh, yeah, if you want to name a a Spanish city in the south and uh, west of Spain, probably at some point it was the um, capital of a taifa principality. Um, The Christian kings became very effective at playing uh, one taifa off against another and then they would step in and pick up the pieces. Um, And this actually led to the Taifa of Toledo falling to Alfonso VI in 1085. Um, And that was probably one of the first sort of big steps towards um, the Taifa principalities sort of falling apart. Um, Now, during this period, uh, Rodrigo Díaz de Viva who is a Castilian knight, Uh, he earned the Arabic honorific of Alcid, which evolved into Spanish as Elcid, the Lord basically is the translation. Um, And subsequently he was to become a celebrated national hero uh, due to a epic poem that was written in medieval times, Called El Canta del Mia Cid. Um, so that's um, the song of seed, basically. Um, and a bit like um, in uh, England, there were various um sort of epic poems of the times of Arthur and so on that evolved. Um, similarly, the Spanish involved their own um sort of epic heroes through. Um, this poem, although this was more based in um, solid fact than the um, poems, for example, of Arthur. What we do know about Cid uh, was that he initially was a minor noble who his first experience of uh, military service was to Sancho II, King of Leon and Castile. And he actually rose to become both commander of the army. And the royal standard bearer of Castile. Uh, this was when Sancho actually uh, um, came to the throne in 1065. Now, during this period, the, the thrones of um, Spain were contested, um, and um, El Cid actually c- uh, campaigned against Sancho's brothers as well as fighting the Muslim taifas. Um, and this uh, ended sort of in 1072 when Sancho was actually murdered um, and Alfonso uh, the sixth actually became king. Um, Now this was a problem for uh, de Viva because he he was suddenly found that his position within the kingdom was very tenuous because he had actually helped remove Alfonso from power sort of less than 10 years earlier. And in fact, in 1081, so nine years after Sancho was murdered, he was actually uh, exiled. And this is how he came to work for the Taifa of Zaragoza, um, who he actually defended from the kingdom of Aragon. And this is probably where he won his reputation, uh, achieving numerous victories against both uh, Sancho Ramirez, who was king of Aragon, and also uh, the Muslim rulers of Lareda and their Christian allies. And the thing you notice about this period is that the Muslims and Christians were quite happy to ally with each other if they could get one up against a rival kingdom or taifa. Um, So it was during this time that uh, um, he he acquired the honorific of uh, Cid. Things sort of took a turn for um, change when in 1086 uh, the Almoravids, who were Berbers from North Africa, invaded um, Spain on the invitation of some of the Taifas and inflicted a severe defeat on the Kingdom of Castile. Uh, and this actually compelled Alfonso to seek help from Al- Cid um so things have sort of gone a bit full circle by this time um and he gave command of um about half the forces of Castile um to El Cid, who operated almost independently and focused on uh taking the Taifa of Valencia um by 1092 um the ruler of uh, Valencia uh, actually had paid tribute to El Cid, um, and it's noticeable actually that El Cid was operating more for, in his uh, on for his own sake uh, as much as he was for Castile at this time. Um, uh, the Almoravids actually didn't take this lightly, and they instigated an uprising in Valencia, um, uh, leading to El Cid actually capturing the city and then ruling it as an independent principality from 1094. Um, uh, this in fact he managed to retain um, until his death and his wife was actually main, able to main control, maintain control of Valencia until it was forced to surrender to the Almoravids which was in the 1102. Um, however in the years of fighting Alcide actually uh, lost his only son and heir who was killed fighting the Almoravids in 1097. El Cid himself died two years later in 1099. Um so the 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 Almoravids basically reversed the decline of Islam in Spain, um particularly with the Battle of Sagrahas in 1086. Um, Although the dynastic capital was in Marrakesh, um, in North Africa, um, the Almoravids um, controlled um, Spain as well. And the height of Almoravid power was probably reached under Yusuf ibn Tashfin, uh, who ruled until 1106, apparently reaching the age of 100. Uh, which would have been quite an achievement in those <laughs> those days. Um, they Could probably a didn't of, uh, keep terribly good birth records, so that's that's slightly suspect. I,
0: I think there's probably a um, bit of allegedly in that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Almoravids had largely halted the Reconquista, um, and despite the loss of Zaragoza um, to the Aragonese, they actually um, defeated the army of. Alfonso the Battler, who is one of the, he was King of Aragon and Navarre. I do like the names of the Spanish kings. <laughs> Alfonso the Battler, that's a good, good name for a king. Uh, this was at the Battle of Fraca in eleven thirty four. Unfortunately, during this battle, Alfonso the ba- Alfonso the Battler, um, his opponent obviously rolled a skull because he got killed <laughs> in the process. The Almoravids, however, by this time were in decline and uh, were overthrown in 1147 by the Almohads and they in turn um, um, took uh, control in Spain as well and by 1172 uh, all of Muslim Iberia, so the bits under Muslim control, was ruled by the Almohads. However, their own turning point really came in in, in 1212 uh, when the Almohads in turn were defeated at the Battle of Las Napas de Tolosa um, by an alliance of Castile, Aragon and Navarre. Um, And in fact, by 1228, the Almohads had abandoned Spain. And over the next 20 years, there was a massive advance in the Christian Reconquista, uh, Cordoba fell to the Christians in 1236 and crucially Seville in 1248. Um, as Nick indicated, um, it was to take over another t- over 200 years uh, before the last uh, Muslim pres- presence in Spain was removed. Um, but uh, from 1248 onwards, the Christians really had an upper hand in most of Spain. So that's your history.
0: Thank you, Richard. Yeah, interesting. I, mean, uh, having obviously heard about El Cid, um, I must confess pretty much ignorance. I thought sort of knew he fought various people, but that, was, that was, it was sort of really interesting to find out who, who he did fight for. Um, and I have to say, I didn't know he'd uh, effectively set up his own little principality at the end. Yes, I think
1: I think we often sort of crudely assume that the, it was Christians fighting Muslims, um, but uh, it's quite clear that the Christians were quite capable of fighting themselves, uh, as were the Muslims. So you you do get this very um, odd patchwork of um, uh, loyalties and conflicts during yeah. this period. Because when I was
2: reading around it, I, I, I discovered that um, Alfonso himself actually pretty much nailed Sid in his early years and went and fought for the Muslims. And um, El Cid and the nephew did the same. So, yeah, was, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. fight for whoever um, pays, I guess, or, 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 or protects you from the guy that's trying to get you killed. But, uh...
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, even though, you know, even in... Further away, the other the other end of the Mediterranean, in the Holy Land, there was a certain amount of um, cross-confessional <laughs> alliances and fighting. But it does sound as if in Spain it was far more chaotic and <laughs> every man for himself at times. Well, every every ruler for themselves, yes. Well, I suppose in their view, they were the man. So. I,
1: I, think, I think the peasants, quite frankly, <laughs> were just hoping that they there wasn't another army to come and burn down their village and steal their crops. But there you go. Um, such was the life of peasants throughout most of Europe, I
0: guess. I, I would think that didn't didn't change much apart from the climate. I just want to throw one, one, one thing in. I um, do, do you know that um, the typhus bit of, of this is you... Is, is often translated as party, um, as in faction. But but uh, you know, I, did, I always think, think it sounds quite jolly. You know, I've seen I've seen <laughs> seen these you know, the party kings and things like that. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, whilst I'm sure there were some parties going on, I think so yeah. Down, I'm, I'm down sure down the they spot. managed to get
1: drunk, or at least the Christian side did. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yes, um, that often led to more bloodshed, I suspect.
0: <laughs> I, should, uh, I should think it did. Anyway, so again, thank you very much, Richard. Shall we uh, move on to some, some army lists relating to this period? Um, I think if we, we discussed just before we started recording, I, I'm going to kick this off. Um, and I suppose, we, as is typical, I, I, I'm going to start off with a Muslim army. Although I have to say this end of the Mediterranean is that my, my knowledge of the Muslim uh, armies and history does decline somewhat. So Richard almost certainly knows more about this than I do. Um, but I thought I'd start off with the Almoravids. The, uh, so basically, these, this is a, a Berber um, state, um, although I believe it never claimed to be a caliphate. Unlike the Almohads who followed them, who I, th- I believe did, so these are the the Berber um, Berbers who were invited in to sorry, save Islam in Spain. Um, they they were noted as being a fairly strict sect. Um, they, were, they were certainly one of one of these Muslim sects that came out of um, a, a desire to, in some way, reform. Islam, at least as the Berbers practiced it, um, and there's one um, noted thing that was noted about the the Almoravids is that, um, as as is fairly common across uh, you know the whole Sahara region, I mean, um, you know, they come from south of Marrakesh, south of the Atlas Mountains, is that the uh, the men tended to be veiled, um, which was not so common across a lot of the Islamic lands. And in fact, if I remember rightly, often the women weren't veiled. So he had sort of a reversal in that. But obviously if you're going through the desert or operating in dusty environments, being veiled is quite good. And the 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 wearing of the, the veil by the men became a, a sort of thing that identified you as an Almoravid. Anyway I'll throw that in as a bit of historical colour. But on you will now be saying shut up Nick, stop talking about this. Let's get on to the army. Okay, the army list in the in the reconquista P- PDF, and I to get, think to get all the army lists we're looking at to, in this podcast are from that PDF. So they so let's start with the generals, the command. Um, the Almoravids just have army commander and up to three subgenerals are allowed. These can be any; they can be instinctive or professional. So you get a a nice choice there. Um, your camp can be unfortified or fortified so again a choice for you um, in terms of troops um, i'll start with this with the, the berber corps um, the the list itself runs from 1054 to 1147 um, and from 1088 um, they can have black guard um, and these will feature in i suspect a lot of people's Almoravid armies they are drilled close infantry exceptional protected short spear shield wall. So yeah, they're pretty tough um, and being exceptional, um, actually have a bit more punch than you might expect for a short spear. You can have up to eight bases of those, so basically a unit. Um, Then you can have naught to 18 bases of drill close infantry, superior protected long spear with optional integral shooter. These are the um, lamtuna or Hintata Spearmen, and these were the some of the core tribes of the Almoravids, the the ones who really founded the Almoravid state. They were the, the elite of the army. That's obvious by their classification. So obviously, long spears really quite tough. Very unusual for these Muslim type spearmen. Um, whether you think the integral shooters is worthwhile, I'll leave that up to you. Um, they can then have a mass of other berber spearmen you go 16 to 48 of these who are just your i suppose your average berber type spearmen tribal close infantry average protected short spear shield wall optional integral shooter so they can add a nice solidity um nothing too exceptional integral shooter helps in defense but they you know they provide a lot of the bulk of the army um if the army is an Almoravid in Spain, which I suppose is what we're talking about in this podcast, you can have another 24 Andalusian spearmen who are basically the same. So if you really want you can have an absolute mass of these, I suppose, stodgy spearmen. Um, So all those infantry I think I would say are the real core of the army and there's some useful supporting troops and a lot of these are popular with people who take Almoravid armies. you can have not to six Christian knights, although I should point out, you can only have these in armies in Africa. Whilst the Almoravids recognised the, the the effectiveness of Christian knights, Christian cavalry, who was obviously always considered dangerous by Muslims, they didn't want to use them in Spain where they felt they could be a liability. But if you're doing an army outside of Spain, you can have not to six bases of these, formed loose superior protected charging lancer melee expert Um, no devastating charger um, which is fairly very typical of a lot of the spanish cavalry as they're classified in meg makes them a bit different from say the french who usually get devastating charger you can also have not six bases of guz mercenaries these are horse archers the turks basically fought flexible average unprotected experienced foe um, you can ha- also have an exotic um, 0-6 bases of Camelry, tribal loose, average protected, short spear, devastating charger, and optional melee expert. Although I would suggest if you're going to take them, why wouldn't you have the melee expert? So that adds, adds a bit of mounted punch, bit exotic, Camelry a bit unusual, um, can have some advantages against cavalry. Um, other troops you can have, you can have some Tribal unprotected experienced bow archers, tribal loose that is, um, and you also have a good, can have a good chunk of Andalusian or Berber cavalry. Um, skirmisher cavalry, average unprotected, experienced javelin, optionally Cantabrian combat shy, 12 to 48 bases of those, so you can have quite a lot of um, shooting, and with the optional Cantabrian, if you get it right, it can be really effective. Um, you can have enormous numbers of skirmishing Berber javelinmen, just infantry skirmishers, average unprotected, experienced javelin. Um, personally, not my favourite troop type. Um, could be used to bulk out, I suppose. You can have a few archers and slingers as well. So that's sort of the, the broad outline of the army. Um, as I say, the, the army in Africa that can have the Christian knights, I think, is the one you would normally see on the table. But for the purposes of this podcast, um, keeping the spirit of the Reconquista, I've come up with a, a list um, Almoravid in Spain. So I can't have the Christian knights. Um, just for so that people can compare and contrast, I will put up a list that. What I would call the more normal Almoravid that people take and has been used in competition, sometimes a good effect, sometimes not so good effect, um, but that will be on the blog. So if you want to look at that and see see which one you think is the best. Anyway, for this army in Spain, um, I have gone for four competent generals. Um, I have gone for the army commander as a professional general. And these three subs as instinctive reason for going for the professional general, as people may or may not know, would be to get better PBS cards and an increase in your scouting. Um, whilst well, at a reasonably cheap price, um, people might say, oh, why don't you take a talented instinctive, but you actually pay more and don't get the benefits on the PBS and scouting. But obviously you get an extra card, so pays your money, takes your choice. But I, I quite like this. It's um, Maybe it's exploiting the point system a little bit, but you know I, I quite like it. So I've gone for a unit of the Guz mercenaries, the horse archers, form flexible and protected experience, both six bases. I've gone for the full six bases of the Camelry as well. I have taken the melee expert. As I said, I don't see why you wouldn't if you're going to pick them. Even with the... Uh, short spear devs charger and mali expert they're only 121 points a base that said i've used them a couple of times and i've found out why they're only 121 points a base (laughs) (laughs) because for some reason when i use them they explode ignominiously whilst doing very little damage um maybe that's just me maybe i don't know how to use them
1: anyway i I think the thing to mention there is they are tribal loose so they're not as manoeuvrable as the formed cavalry you tend to see in other
0: armies. That is very true. It does help if you can point them in the right direction, um, especially if you need to double move because um, for tribal troops a double move is only straight ahead. So and obviously you're fighting against them, you can exploit that. So perhaps my opponents have exploited that and I've just gone, what do you mean they can only go straight ahead at this point? So there we are. Anyway, I've gone for the Black Guard, I, you know, I've, I've, my army's after 1088. Um, so gone for the full eight bases there. Eight bases are the really exceptionals. So I've gone for two eights of the Lamb Tuna, Superior Protected Long Spear. I've not bothered with the integral shooters for those. I think they're tough enough anyway. A lot of the time it's quite possible. I think you will actually want to charge them. So charge with them, sorry. So the integral shooter will be pointless at that point (laughs) because they only count if you're being charged. Two units of the Berber spearmen, also eight bases each. Um, These I have gone with the integral shooters. I see these as more defensive. So they're they're to act as a bit of stodge. And then I've gone for just two units of Berber archers, tribal loose, poor, unprotected, experienced bow, combat shy. Um, They're there to both get the army up to nine tugs for a break of five, and you never know that experienced shooting still makes them effective, potentially against something that's been damaged. So they're not completely useless. And as I've mentioned before, I've had fairly good use out of the odd unit of those sort of troops. So after that, I've gone for four units, four Sugs of the skirmishing Berber cavalry, all with Cantabrian, all combat combat shy. I've gone for a six base unit of skirmishing archers, average unprotected experienced bow and also a six base unit of slingers. Um, Again, average unprotected experienced sling combat shy, so six sugs. Um, I wanted to put the um, archers and slingers in to get something that had a bit more range than the javelinman. So, you know, the javelin, javelin skirmishers, they've only got a range of two. Um, although, as I said before, Cantabrian, they can be fairly effective. Um, but that two two base width range for the missile weapon can be a bit of an issue at times. So with the two skirmishers, the bowmen and slingers in the sugs and the Guz mercenaries in the tugs, we've got three units that shoot a little bit further and hopefully the combination can be used to effect. This has given me a PBS of eight cards and a scouting of five, which seems pretty pretty healthy to me. Happy days. Uh, <laughs> happy, happy days indeed. Um, in use, I see the, the the troops to do the damage are going to be the Blackguard, the Lantuna, and maybe the Camelry, if I've got it pointing in the right direction. <laughs> and don't have to worry about it being tribal. Um, but I'll be hoping to use the... Berber cavalry and the skirmishers and the guzz of course, to uh, soften up the enemy first, um, prepare the way. Uh, how it would work in practice. not sure, but i've I've had reasonable success using um, a Numidian ally, in my early Carthaginians. Of course, the Numidians have the advantage of being skilled javelinmen on on their cavalry, so they always count count the uh, the skip shooting as skilled, or unlike the Cantabrian, which only counts when you're in Cantabrian. So there are advantages for the Numidians there. But you know, I think this can put out a reasonable amount of shooting if you get it in the right place, and then follow up with the Blackguard and the Lamtuna especially. I think it can be quite fearsome. And again, the Blackguard got shield wall, the Lamtuna being long spear, and the Berber spearmen also having shield wall does mean they are reasonably resistant against things like knights with their who can get who would normally be hoping to get shatters and they can't against those troops and indeed against the tuna. they won't be counting things like lance either anyway that's that's what i came up with for uh, an almoravid in spain i will let's see what richard and matt think about it
1: it's yeah with these spanish armies i think it's the subtle differences um that are of interest so um i'll compare your list if i may with my typha uh, andalusian lc yeah sure yeah army so this is the Typher Zaragotha uh option in the Typher andalusian so um date wise i mean this is very slightly earlier than the al list but um the um, In many ways, there are similarities, but there are also some key differences. Um, so um, my list actually has Elsid as a legendary instinctive general. So rather than the pr- professional options, you're all instinctive with the type of Andalusian. Um, but after all the other choices, it ends up with a PBS of eight and a scouting of six.
0: Okay, so, so my, my not feeling difficult. slightly smug at five, <laughs> I'm feeling less smug now. D- damn that L. Cid. Um, so um, the army of Cid
1: has only seven tugs, um, so there you can feel a bit more uh, smug. <laughs> um, and certainly in the quality of the infantry, it doesn't compete because it has um, three units of eight um, spearmen, uh, short spear, shield wall, um, tribal close average protected and in fact only one of those has integral shooters, um, it gets two units of Arab cavalry so they are form loose average protected long spear and I have to say in
0: my experience they are complete stars, I love those cavalry uh, they th- one of my favourite troop types, Richard. I think they're they're really good value for money if you use them well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I find they, they're needed to
1: support the Berber cavalry, which I'll come on to. Um, the following unit is the Christian Knights. So the, unlike the Almoravids, the type Andalusian gets the, of El Cid, gets the Christian Knights. So these are drilled loose, superior, protected, charging, answer melee expert. Uh, They ought to be brilliant. My experience is that they seem to die horribly when I come (laughs) on them so I don't know what I'm doing wrong Um, but uh, yeah uh, just my experience um, most recently I think at Ice and Fire Um, and then then, in fact I've got a fourth unit of Tribal Loose this time Average Protected Short Spear so they're a sort of token um, help hold a piece of rough time. Um, but preferably on a hill because they're usually going to get outnumbered and struggle <laughs> in my experience unless it's a very small piece of terrain. Um, in terms of the skirmishes I've got five units of Berber cavalry, Cantabrian, Combat Shy um, so I match you there. I also have a unit of what I called Andalusian cavalry which were the same but without Cantabrian or the combat shy, um, and one unit of horse archers who are skirmisher average, unprotected experienced bow, Cantabrian combat shy. So um, yeah, not not too dissimilar, um, but those sort of subtle differences, and it all comes down to you pays your money and you takes your choice, I think. Um, but uh, Um, it's, 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 yeah, um, many similarities, just a few differences in the two lists.
0: Indeed. Matt, can we perhaps we bring you in here as, uh, Richard and I have expanded our lists and you, you can cast your independent eye across both of them and compare and contrast. Okay, um. Just, just putting you on the spot, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's it,
2: it, it's absolutely fine. Uh, I feel like an interview and I haven't prepared questions. Um, <laughs> that's
0: all my interviews. I don't know how <laughs> it <I'll just go. laughs> um, You it's can call an army Murabit, I... Murabits, if you like. Yeah, I, I can go with Murabits. That's much,
2: much more um, <laughs> <yeah>, flavourful. <laughs> um, it's one of those armies I really like, but I'm not sure I'd have much fun playing be honest um i i I can see its strengths in that having not used it i'm going to assume you actually are very aggressive with the superior and the exceptional spears and basically you punch those into somebody's face whilst the berber spearmen support them and you you knacker up people with the javelin cavalry um all in all i like it as a list it's really quite nicely and I almost have to say that you, I know you said that the, the, the Christian Knights one in Africa is probably the more popular, but I don't know. There's something about those camels. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm in the same boat that you are. That you think they should do really horrible things.
0: Yeah. Well, the, but, the, if if you take the, Chris, if you go for an, uh, an army in Africa, you can have the camels as well. See, so I think that's one of the attractions of the uh, in Africa option. You have sort of two mounted. Punch units that can, okay, yeah, shatter things. It's, it, sorry if I gave the, gave the wrong impression. It's not no, other... no. It was
2: probably my my misunderstanding, but that makes much more sense. Okay, I I, I can see, but yeah. hmm. but I guess
0: you compromise on the spears then. You can usually get. I mean, the, the typical one would have would still have the black guard and the two lamb tuna I think it 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 basically compromises on the skirmishers. Uh, okay, I mean, most people I think just field it with two units of Berber skirmishing cavalry. Okay. And my experience is two doesn't quite cut it. It's back to my experiences with the Numidian ally, with the early Carthaginians. Um, three really seems to work. You, you can usually get one doing something, even if you're having to run away a bit. Two, you generally just get pushed away. Yeah, I, I've, I've actually
1: played an Almoravid in Africa with my Thai friend Aleutian, um, and I actually, uh, did come out on top. Um, the thing I found was that you could predict where the tuner and Blackguard, they have to be aggressive and w- with your superior number of skirmishers, you can actually, um, take out the other units and sort of sacrifice a couple of units to keep the Tuner and Blackguard busy. Yeah. Um, And that was how I actually won with the Andalusian against the Almoravid in Africa.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I played against the Almoravid. I've I've not used it in competition, but I've used it in friendly games. And I I came to the conclusion it's certainly in that in Africa combination, it's less than the sum of its parts. Bizarrely, You you look at that exceptional unit and there's two superior units and then the, the charging knights and the cavalry, and you think there's actually quite a lot of punch there, and then it doesn't work. Um, you know, I think yeah. the person who's had most success with it is the, the, is Sid, oh, the irony, <laughs> <Lawrence> Donohoe, <laughs> who gets called <taught> Sid. <laughs> Majesty is. is He's the person I think had had most success with it. I mean, obviously Sid's a really good player, you know, but it's almost one of those put any army in his his hands and he's got a good chance of doing well. But I think it does show that the fact that most other people don't do as well means that despite having those really good headline units that you think, wow, um, you don't get value out of them, which does annoy me slightly because I went and painted them up. I've got a unit of Blackguard. And two units of lamb tuna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're well, pretty. They're pretty, Nick. Oh, I'm sure I find some useful. And I, I you know, it doesn't stop me using them in in in, in, in friendly games. Sorry, anyway, Matt, I've I've started nope. rabbiting on again when when we invited you to comment. I Don't you have got any more comments? Uh, well, no. I, I mean, I I merely drew
2: out what you thought. You see, in a classic interviewing technique there. You know. <laughs> Dropped in a couple of questions and you know, let you, let you go. Yeah, there will be marking later, but uh, yeah. as I say,
0: I, I I really like that version. Um, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to combine the lists, but undoubtedly the points wouldn't add up. I'll take my infantry and Richard's skirmishes, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah, I, 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 mm. yeah well, I'd I quite like 12,000 point armies as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, everybody else can use 10, we'll have 12, yeah, that seems fair. Um, now. Uh, Richard's list I don't know if Richard wants to do his second list as well now and then I'll yeah I I
1: thought it might be interesting to compare my second list with your list uh, Matt so I'll introduce my second list which is another El Cid army but uh, the El Cid army of feudal Castile Leon and Portuguese is the the list name Um, though this is actually an army of Castile Um, so it um command structure is a talented instinctive this time for El Cid with three competent instinctive subgenerals. Um It has 11 tugs. Um, four of them are knights, cavalry form loose, superior protected, charging lance and melee expert, uh, two sixes and two fours. Um, the... Um, Sixes are very solid, um, the fours you have to use with a bit more caution um, because then they're not so sturdy. But um, um, the reason for having the mixture is I I seem to like to try and get the most out of them. Of course, usually I get it the wrong way round, so the fours yeah. die horribly and the sixes aren't where I want them to be. Um, Uh, Next, I've got two units of spearmen. Uh, They're sort of standard within, oh, sorry, three units of spearmen, standard within the sort of Spanish medieval armies. Um, Average protected short spear shield wall formed close. Uh, I have two units of crossbowmen. Um, These are tribal loose, average protected experienced crossbow. So I'm paying the points to have them fairly solid. They're two lots of sixes, um, useful against skirmishing types, um, uh, but they're not going to die horribly quickly if, if my opponent gets into melee, or at least I hope they won't. Um, a unit of cavalry in Arab style, um, they're form loose average protected long spear, um, much for the reasons Nick mentioned. I just like the troop type, find them very useful. And I've got one unit of archers tribal loose poor unprotected experienced bow combat shy so they they are the filler type um that are probably going to be skulking at the rear and hoping that nobody comes too close or ideally they come to four basics and then stay at four basements but somehow that never seems to happen <laughs> um, and then i've got one just the one skirmishing unit of jeanette's uh, skirmish average Unprotected experienced javelin shorts be Cantabrian. Um so an army against I, I think it's it's an army that will struggle against the Almoravid and the typher Andalusian, but it, it obviously offers quite a lot of knight punch. But um yeah, not really my style of army, but just to compare what the uh Typher Valencia army is compared to the uh and type for andalusian armies um he ends up with six pbs and three scouting oh it does have a poor flexible camp the points allow me a flexible camp so i uh, took that as an option because i couldn't find another way of spending the hundred points that were left over at the end
0: yeah. I, I i quite like flexible camps
1: yeah flexible camps i think the points adjustment um makes them a better option there.
0: yeah i mean for for those for those who don't know um a flexible camp if if you are defending you get a fortified camp right richard and if you're That's invading correct. it's an unfortified camp uh it's a mobile camp oh sorry mobile oh even better than i thought but i think it's um yeah like a lot of the the camp options i think the Tweaking of the points for 2022 has just made camp your camp options more viable. If you like, yep. just, by, just by reducing them a bit, they're more they're more likely to appear, which is you know so makes the game more interesting. So yes, so uh, yeah, there's an advert for flexible camps anyway for people. I think uh, I, I've, I've spotted an army I've got that can use it. I uh, was trying to work out how to fit it in. I don't think I managed, and I was very disappointed. Anyway, sorry, Richard. We were di- we were, uh, again. I'm talking. We, we were going to compare and contrast this with Matt's army, I believe. Indeed.
2: Right. Um, so, Richard,
0: uh, I am all a quiver with anticipation. On the, my um, latest <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: special. Um, uh, Indeed. Uh, so, uh, what have you brought for us? Um It's an early Aragon army out of the early Catalan and Aragon list from Reconquesta. Um, let, let, let's just talk about what, what the list could be. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's um pretty standard early medieval knight style army. You've got up to four instinctive generals of, of your choice basically um, uh, trains, standard and mountains being Spain, unfortified. Although it can have a mobile superior camp, which, mobile superior.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, it it represents the cross of um, Pelagius. Oh, I was about, was about to say I couldn't get my head around how a mobile camp would be superior. Yeah,
2: um, who 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 uh, I think was the Visigoth commander that started Asturia, I think, um, and uh, but. Obviously Christianized, and um, and I think that's where it comes from. But yeah so you can have a mobile superior camp. The points are just horrendous, so I couldn't work it into the army. Unfortunately, it it was just it. Yeah, um, it would have looked superb, but it's
1: absolutely
2: useless. But, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I suppose you could drive it up a rough hill, and then it would actually be you know well, for uh, a tribal loose protected superior infantry. In rough going up a hill, yeah, you might have difficulty killing it
0: then, but yeah. um, you'd spend not... a lot of points getting it there. I'm just checking; it's 294 points for superior mobile camp. Yeah, that that's uh,
2: that's 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 um, that's <laughs> the difference between an instinctive or a mediocre general, as far as I'm concerned. You know, uh-huh. so yeah. Anyway, so um for, for the period that we're looking at, you, um, as richard's just discussed with with his um, his list uh, the knights are cavalry formed loose superior protected charging lance of melee expert, and they have up to 24 of those. Um, if you're going later in the list beyond the 1104, you can have drilled loose versions of six of those. Um, again, typical this Spanish list, it's, it, its backbone is spearmen, which are tribal close average protected short spear shield wall integral shooters. From 1000 AD, it can have crossbowmen up to eight, uh, they can be upgraded. Um, in the essence of they can be optionally combat shy rather than compulsory combat shy. That's the upgrade, basically. The yeah. average protected experience crossbow, whatever you do, but it's whether they're optional on the combat shy. Uh, they can have some mercenary Berber light horse up to eight, which are, again, the standard Spanish and Muslim cavalry of cavalry skirmishers, average unprotected experience, javelin, uh, canterbran, canterbran uh, 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 combat shy. Um, from 1,000 onwards, you can have mounted crossbowmen, um, which is an interesting twist because they're average protected experienced crossbow skirmishers. Um, this list has to have a minimum of 18 skirmishing javelinmen, which are infantry skirmishers, average unprotected experienced javelin combat shy. Uh, you'd have up to 45 of them if you really wanted. I'm, I'm almost tempted to try it at some point, but no. Um, <laughs> I, I think you would you would have one of those jackets that does up at the... Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd be driven up in a van, let out for the weekend, and then driven back again. Yes, I suspect <laughs> you're right. Uh, up to 18 skirmishing archers of the standard variety, and then another 18 of slingers. Um, it's got some interesting allies. It's an Andalusian ally in ten ten, 10 uh Typher ally between 1031 and 1100. And oddly, and I meant to look it up beforehand, but I didn't, it can have a Pisan ally from the early communal Italian lists from 1113 to 1115. So I'm guessing there was some interconnection in the middle of the med somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, who knows? Uh, but I didn't have a chance to look it up. So so that's the generic list as, as it stands. Um, my, my obvious thought was it, it probably does. The, the the standard massa spearmen with supporting knights quite well. I also felt that was fairly dull as dishwater, and you can do that better with a lot of other armies. Uh, First Crusader comes to mind for for, for that kind of thing. So um, I I went on a bit of a history journey, and then I noticed that uh, uh, Richard Richard covered it earlier that um, King Sancho Ramirez of Aragon. Um, had a bit of a hissy fit with El Cid whilst he was um, working for the uh, Zaragozans and um, fought a series of battles which he conclusively lost. Um, <laughs> although there is one one medieval Spanish historian that claims he did have a, a roaring victory at one point but nobody else mentions it and it turns out he was quite closely related, I think, to <laughs> one of the Sancho Ramirez family. But anyway, so what I went with was historically based in, in, in the sense that it was based around a specific army in a specific battle. And it, and it, it was the, the battle of Morella in 1084, probably it might've been slightly later, but the general accepted date is 1084. And um, so you have King Sancho Ramirez as the army commander. And I went talented and instinctive. My instinct was to make him legendary, but I thought as he was fighting El Cid, that would be, possibly pushing the envelope a bit
0: <laughs>
2: um uh, and then then you had a um a, a tafer of tortosa ally under mundahar al heba i hope i pronounced that i think i pronounced it badly but anyway um and he was a talented instinctive commander as well um so then i had a competent instinctive subgeneral and a mediocre instinctive subgeneral so a total of 13 command cards i went with as i say a poor unfortified camp as i say the superior mobile was just way out of the points leech um so the ally first i went with an andalusian uh, has to have andalusian spearmen which are infantry tribal close average protected short spear shield wall integral shooters block six i then took three blocks of skirmishing andalusian like cavalry which are the the full fat versions for for the period skirmishes average unprotected experienced javelin canterbrand combat shy each of sixes uh, so that was the ally um then i went with four blocks of knights so the cavalry formed loose superior protected charging lancer melee expert four blocks of six it's not subtle <laughs> um then two blocks of Internal list spearmen, which again are short spear, shield wall, integral shooters, two blocks of eight. Um, you've then got the three blocks of skirmishing javelinmen, which are the compulsories, but I've downgraded them to poor. So they are infantry skirmishers, poor, unprotected, experienced javelin, combat shy, three blocks of six. And then the integral mercenary Berber cavalry, which the same as the Andalusian cavalry. So you have seven tugs. Seven sugs, of which only four of the sugs are really, really useful. Um, my feeling is it's probably not going to do two. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, PBS is seven scouting a five, so not bad. Um, in normal circumstances, I'd expect that to be quite competitive. But as Nick's and Richard's armies have both shown, from from that the, they, they they outclass it on both sides. But um, basic plan the short spear are going to form a defensive wall, possibly in the center or to the left of center. And I'm actually thinking that I would probably put all 24 knights in a very big block, three deep and run the skirmishers on either side of them and just try and smash a flank basically. And, um, see who gets there first, basically. Um, I'm open to a conversation on this one. As I say, it's, it's a bit
0: special. So, yeah, yeah. so it's my turn to compare and contrast to start off with. Um, I like the four blocks of knights in yours, Matt. I mean, uh, I think as, as Richard sort of alluded to, you know, he, he's got two sixes and two fours. I always worry about fours of fighting troops. I know I say it a lot. <laughs> um, you know, Richard did suggest that maybe you know, they they end up the wrong way around and you end up fighting with the fours and the sixes looking for um, opponents. And, you know, maybe it's just me. I, I, you know, you've got your army has more of the skirmishing cavalry. Richards, on the other hand, has 11 tugs. So, you know, it's 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 more resistant in that respect. So the pros and cons, as, as often with these things, what's your style? Um the early Aragonese, I suspect, won't die wondering. I think your <laughs> your, your your approach of you know, throw the knights in. You know, m- maybe preparing the way somewhat with your Andalusian cavalry, and um, and if that doesn't work, well, if it doesn't work, your army's broken, isn't it? For for lost lose for all the knights, the army's broken.
2: <laughs> I'm hoping in the process of losing all four knights, I've actually gained myself at least eight points.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you know I, I, Richards certainly would, is more in for the able to I think to go in for the long haul um, I'm not sure which one I choose I have to say I'm, I'm almost said to go with Richards if I had to choose between them because it's got a six of the Arab style cavalry and as already indicated
2: I think they're good troops as well So I, I, I love them as well I have to if, if, if I could have them in that list i'd I'd have taken them but it it just
0: yeah um so yeah it's um yeah i I, I just i think possibly a good mind is it my worry of yours is that you got your four high impact units but if they all go down that's it I agree. But on the other hand, it, on the other hand, if the bar's open, you know, <laughs> it is. You know, maybe Richard can give us a more considered opinion than my. I'll get to the bar quickly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a it's a brick on army almost. It's got that kind of. After the third game, I just want it over and done with. So. I'm yes. <laughs> be, yeah, uh, um,
1: I think I'd I'd probably quite happy to take it on I'd I'd um I think the scouting who wins the scouting and deploys second probably has the edge would be my gut feel so I might be in trouble from that because I've only got the three scouting and yours Matt has five five so um Cause you you might then be able to pick so I've probably got to deploy slightly defensively um, so I think I'd, I'd have to use the combination of knights and spearmen quite carefully so I'm probably giving up a bit of the, of the initiative
2: it, it's, I, I, I kind of worked on the list that once people know what's in it, as you've just done you you start to think cautiously in your deployment which is fine but when you split it up You've got 24 knights out there, and actually, I could send all four of the effectively skilled javelin shooters forward. And then you've got to, it becomes a bit more nip and tuck. It looks like a brute force weapon, but it actually has some subtlety to it, I think. But it's also incredibly brittle. So it is a glass hammer.
0: I think a game between them could be quite interesting. It would be, it's as Rich has intimated. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a game I'd like to try and play at some point. To be
2: fair, if I lose, I can claim it's because El Cid won the original. So, no, it's fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> always, always a good thing. Yeah. Pick armies that lost in history, because if you lose, it just makes brilliant at recreating history. And if you win, you're obviously <laughs> a brilliant general.
0: <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Having just looked at these two armies, and in fact the, 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 the two we've already talked about, the Almoravid and Taifa, um, I was wondering, worth just thinking about and discussing, for the benefit of our listeners, um, a couple of the troop types in there, which, which are common to them, um, and, and, and how, how they get used. I mean, what one, one I think is the spearmen. You know, there's an awful lot of tribal close, average protected, short spear, shield wall, optional integral shooters here. Um, obviously tribal, not very nippy, not very nimble. They they are somewhat stodge. They are cheap, which helps. Um, I get the feeling that quite a lot of the time people avoid that sort that troop type. Now, am I right or wrong in this? And what, what? I think you're probably
1: right. I've I've certainly found when I've used the type evolution that they are um, you can't just hide them away. When I've hidden them away, I've lost the battle. When I use them to pin my opponent down, uh, I seem to be far more successful. Um, they, they're in and they take a bit of killing. Um, oh, I mean, if you're up against a Lantoon or a Spearman or a Black Guard, um, it's not a good outcome. Um, so that, that's one you don't really want to um, be, um, trying to match head to head, but then they, as you say, they're a lot cheaper. Um, and if you can draw off the Black Guard or Lamtoona um, with a couple of your cheap spearmen while you beat the rest of his army, it's a worthwhile exchange. So, um...
2: and I, I, I've used similar, as I say, I mentioned the first crusaders earlier, they're formed, but the, the, the principle's the same in that if you use large blocks of those spear. Three deep effectively, so three, three, and a two. Hmm. Um, they're actually quite nice as aggressive troop types against cavalry because cavalry don't really want to fight them because they're shield wall. And even if they decide that the odds are they will beat you eventually if they get in and if they're melee expert or if they're superior, they will eventually wear you down. But they're still
0: throwing black dice and they're probably fighting two units at the same time. Well, they, so, they, they, they can easily be thrown. What i mean, got to remember shield wall cancel shield wall in two ranks cancels me- mounted melee expert and True. I think, yes i think people do forget that as you might just have done that I, I i had yes actually um yeah they, uh, they, they remember the shield wall cancels shatter say from charging lances or devastating charges but i think sometimes people forget they also cancel um uh, mounted melee expert as i said as long as they are too deep yeah, which,
2: which if you're if you're fighting in a three, you all right. Sod's law with me is I always lose the two deep one. Well, I always lose that back rank. But you know, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 they're actually quite a, uh, a, a. As Richard said, you you can be quite aggressive with them. You don't actually have to fight anybody. You can just aggressive. An integral shooter just makes them. Nobody actually wants to go into them to start with, so and.
0: Yeah, and if you're pushing them, at, especially at cavalry, even even if you get really up close within one base width, you're not forced charge against cavalry. Mm. So you're always. The, and have and to even, shoot
2: yeah, it. They they won't hold as as Richard pointed out. They won't hold really good infantry, but they'll hold average stuff up. And as long as the rest of the army's got something that it can hit, Um yeah, I, I do. I don't know well, why I stopped using my First Crusaders. The more I talk about this, the more I keep thinking about my First Crusaders. <laughs> Actually,
1: well, I've, you know... I've, I've certainly used the um, Skirmishing Cavalry, the Andalusian Cavalry, to weaken opponents. And then uh, by the time they get in against my Spearmen, my Spearmen have the edge. So um, that that was sort of quite a crucial plan behind behind how I used the type of
0: Andalusian. Yeah, as I say, just it's I mean, obviously the sort of armies I tend to use, they're not a thing. Um, and I suppose to some degree, you know, average infantry, average slow moving infantry are, can be a bit of a target. But, you know, I think as Richard says, you know, they, use them to block and, and, yeah. and delay and take out good units out of the game while you win well, elsewhere. can't be be a bad plan (laughs) you know neutralizing your opponents so yeah so yeah maybe I am right maybe they they are a bit undervalued by some people not all I mean maybe we'll have a a wave of emails after this (laughs) or posts after this saying well I use lots of them (laughs) I use lots of them and I could be wrong they are uh, the the other crouped type I just wanted to go go mentioned because we've all said we like it. are Those Arab cavalry <laughs> um, that Richard had in his Taifa and one unit in the um, Castile army. I mean, why why do we think they're so good? I mean, I, I must admit, if I if I can have them in an army, I, I quite often will. Well, usually will. I uh, mine are so good because they just roll skulls. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: they get plus they i mean i don't know they get plus one from the long at the impact they get plus one from the long spear um in the melee they can fight in terrain um i just found there as, as i say I, apart from that i've just found that where my knights fail to roll skulls my Arab Cavalry Rolls Gulls. And I can't put my finger on quite what's going on.
2: I, from, from my point of view, I find them cheaper than... The, 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 there's almost an algorithm, I'm sure, that would work it out. But I think for the, the, the points for bang ratio, they're really good. And I find... There, yeah. The, the, there is... For, sorry, go on.
1: There is a... It, I'm not sure this long spear, mounted long spear is necessarily too cheap. Or whether it's just that charging lancer and melee expert, mounted melee expert are um, slightly too expensive. And um, as Nick will be aware, I've already flagged this up for debate. Um, but um, certainly, if you compare the two, um, mounted long spear is better value points wise.
2: The, the The two rank long spear actually negating mounted melee expert,
0: which is also quite handy, um, yeah it it is, it is,
1: and I mean, and of course, they're not um, subject to false charges, so they don't get themselves
0: into trouble as often, yeah, 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 and and unless they're within one base width, of course, yeah um, when, when, but not the three, but but not the three, like dev charges. yeah, no, I, I mean what you both said mirror my view on this they're they're more controllable um quite often i will deploy them a six two wide three deep you know especially if i'm facing something like knights um you know so that hopefully i've still got two ranks across the frontage in in melee even if the knights have rolled fairly well so i'm cancelling their melee expert so you can uh, you know, and I think yeah, you know, everything you both said add up. And I think yeah, you know, Richard, yeah, okay, you can talk about whether whether they're too too cheap or other other stuffs too expensive. That that's quite complicated because you can't just match the two against each other. You've got to look at yeah you know, the whole basket <laughs> of troops you can play against. But they do they do seem to be good value. This could lead me on to. Another army list I've brought for this one, which is the Almohads. Almohads. In other words, we we really are digging at digging ourselves graves on pronunciation this week. I feel, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I, I I did to um, because they they, yeah, they they obviously fought in Spain as well, although they got out of Spain fairly quickly af- after they were resoundingly defeated in twelve twelve was it Richard? Yeah. Um, so, and again, for the for the for the listeners, I've, I've actually I've, I'm only going to talk about one list, but I've done two because I did an Almohad version of the Almoravid I talked about earlier, <laughs> quite similar, quite a lot of skirmishes, and and then a different version, uh, which I'll talk about here. The the Almohad list is in some ways quite similar to the Almoravid. Um, which has some very significant differences. Um, it doesn't get the lamptuna spearman, so no no superior long spear. Its blackguard are only superior instead of exceptional, um, but it can have 12 of those lovely, lovely formed loose average protected long spear cavalry, and it can have up to 24. Um, Arab cavalry, form flexible, average unprotected, long spear. Now I know both myself and Matt quite like those as troops. Um, they can have Christian knights as well. Um, now these, being a bit later, these are formed loose, average, fully armoured man, unprotected horse, charging lancer, malay melee expert. But they can only have those from 1212. Um, the Almohads were initially far stricter in not recruiting christians right up until the point they were being booted out of spain in which case they decided actually christians were really good fighters so we will start recruiting some anyway so anyway i I came with a a list almohads can only have instinctive generals um gone for a talented instinctive army commander and three competent sub-generals so 13 cards there Poor unfortified camp, have not been able to get anything fancy there. Started off with two sixes of those formed loose protected cavalry I've just mentioned. The unit of Christian knights, six bases, average fully armoured, charging lancer, melee expert. So then gone for seven units of Berber spearmen, tribal close, average protected, short spear, shield wheel, integral shooters, as we just discussing. And part of the, part of the thinking on this was, one, it's quite different from the other lists we're looking at, and two, this is the, the a troop type I've just suggested, is possibly a bit underrated. Um, a unit of really rubbish Berber archers, just to get round it off to 11 tugs. Two units of the skirmishing Berber cavalry with Cantabrian um, experienced javelin, and a unit of skirmishing archers, average unprotected, experienced bogue, combat shy. A unit of nine of those. Again, just to get something a little bit of range. So this army is, just takes Richard's comment, I think, uh, you push the Berber spearmen to pin the enemy, well you're hoping with seven units of them to cover quite a lot. Uh, It sort of becomes this, hopefully some sort of pillow of death. (laughs) Smother your opponent and then use the Christian knights and the cavalry, um, probably presumably aided by some shooting to try and probably punch one end of the opponent's line and then roll in on what the uh, the Berber Spearmen are, are occupying. Hopefully hope he's fighting a long, long losing battle <laughs> probability. Um, I have no idea whether I could do that. <laughs> this was just a, let's see what it looks like, and it's really different from the other lists, so it gives us something different to talk about. Um, if I played against... A similarish army, Robin Spence has used um, a, a North African dynasties, which is basically this sort of thing. And I found sort of that the, the pillow of death does have, its, does have its good points. You know, quantity does have a quality all of its own. Um, not sure how fearsome it would be against the other lists we've talked about tonight, though. So what do you guys think? Um,
2: well, you've got, three ranks deep you're still about 32 inches of the table solid spear you're not going to cut through that in any time soon and you've got a couple of nice well you've got the three nice cavalry units those christian knights being fully armored even though they're average and melee expert is a nice punch i do like that backed up by the two long spear which are not going to die quickly as you say, particularly if they're deep against other cavalry. No, it's not really my style, but I'd certainly make it work, I think. Um, I think you might be relying on a piece of terrain or a river, uh, uh, sorry, a coastal, to narrow the table
0: a bit. Yeah, I think you you really want to have one flank shut down. You would want a secure flank, I think preferably the deep water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that people can't sneak past you on that side. On the other hand, that does tend to telegraph where you're. It does. Mm. <laughs> but but having said that, I wonder
2: actually if you reversed it. And um, um, sorry, excuse that. Um, uh, if you reversed it, whether you have enough grunt to force your way down the river, uh, down down the deep water, mm. depending on what you were fighting, of course. But yes. No, um, no I I I. I I'm actually quite drawn to that. It's, it's a very solid
0: list. It'll uh, work by attrition. It could be a white dice or doom, <laughs> <laughs> or even Sorry, black Richard. dice. <laughs> yeah, Richard.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know what else to add. I, um I, I certainly. That's a lot of spearmen. Uh, yeah, I mean, in in period, I think it it might do reasonably well, actually. Um. You've got to be careful against a lot of the skirmishing cavalry because you've only got two of them. Um, but you've got a lot of spearmen who can sort of keep pushing forwards. You've got reasonable command. Yeah, go for it.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right, probably Imperium. I mean, it's one of those lists you look at. And there's nothing there to set your heart fluttering, is there?
1: <laughs> no, it, I mean, I have to say, with with this Reconquista, you could do quite an interesting competition. Just having a very narrow date and a small number of armies, because it, it, the subtle differences would make the comp, would make the competition. I suspect.
2: I think you're right, and I was w- w- when you were doing the history at the beginning. That was exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking actually this would make for a really interesting
0: competition setup. So... Would you do it on sort of one of those? work out all the variants and say e- each one can only be picked once sort of thing I, I think that's fair, I, I think you could do that and you could also do it with the generals and the allies
2: and you, you could create a unique mix I think that hopefully would give everybody somebody everybody who would want to take part something that would um, light their candles so to speak, <laughs> so to speak. yes so,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, well yeah Again, for the listeners, you know, if that sounds interesting to you, maybe, maybe Mm -hmm. set something up, organise it or chat to the people who do set up competitions. You never know. Well, yes, they let us know. Maybe we can, you know, if there's enough
1: take on it. Some idiot suggested a competition with infantry armies only.
0: No, I'm sure we, we, we 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 shall we shall plug that later, shortly. shortly <laughs> indeed, Richard, because Richard, I think that is, yeah, I think yes, can... I am that idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, unfortunately, none of the armies we we've looked at tonight would fall into that category. Nice. Anyway, um, perhaps perhaps this is a time to think of moving. on. I was going to ask Richard one more thing because I know as as he's already mentioned during the this, um, the the Taifa Andalusian, he he. Presented tonight, he did use at Ice and Fire last year. It is last year, yes, it is. Um, my my concept of time uh, has gone completely. Something about the, the two years of COVID has thrown me completely. So, so just overall, how did it? How did it do? Do you think? And that that was the basically a Muslim versus Christian theme competition. So, presumably, you fought for Christian armies.
1: Uh. Yeah um, I I thoroughly enjoyed the competition. I think overall I came my usual about a third of the way down the table Um, but uh, it it worked when, as I say, the, the thing I learnt is you have to commit all the tugs to the battle, you can't hide some of them away. And the game I lost in particular I remember was when uh, I think it was against a sort of Norman army, and uh, I I lost my nerve and ended up with three of my spearmen units never really getting into the battle, and I just got pushed, um, uh, and my um, skirmishing cavalry got bullied. So um, yeah, but but it's certainly a perfectly viable I mean using skirmishing javelin armed cavalry is all uh, particularly when there are a lot of enemy cavalry around is always quite nerve-wracking because if you're not careful you can um, get caught Um, but you've got to use them uh, maximize your charge shooting to slow down the enemy charges and and if you have to run away to fight another day, and keep a uh, keep a tug there to so they don't get
0: bullied um, with the double moves. Yeah, that, that all sounds very t- very sensible. So I think what we're does show that you you can take an army that's got seven tugs to a competition and it can be competitive. Yeah, I mentioned that because I think most of us aim for at least nine. is very popular i've taken parthian with three tugs (laughs) richard as ever is braver than most
1: yeah he did quite well he only lost to alexandrian expeditionary
0: (laughs) the the dreaded alexandrian expeditionary so yeah well so it's it's a way of way of doing it okay well, I think since Richard's already mentioned it, we ought to mention the next competition that's on the horizon uh, for Meg. At least can't think of anything between now and then. It's a uh, twenty-something of May, twentieth and twenty-first. Is
1: that the weekend? Yeah. Let so, me just check a calendar. And no, it's twenty-first and twenty-second of May. Yeah. That's uh, Battlefield hobbies in Daventry. Um, tickets are available.
0: They are. The, the link's on the forum in the tournament section, no doubt. So I'll let Richard explain the, the, the theme he's already hinted at. So the theme
1: is quite simple. Armies that only contain infantry. Um, so any army that has compulsory cavalry cannot partake in this competition um and armies that have optional cavalry can't take the cavalry um so you're left with your infantry types so it is permitted if the infantry if the cavalry can be entirely replaced by infantry for example early Tibetan I believe it is um then that's a valid choice um but uh yeah it's um it sounds. um Initial reaction may be that it sounds a bit dull. Um, I was going to
2: go with pedestrian, but you know.
0: Oh, Oh.
1: Um, dull
0: is not. But in fact, as uh, if you weren't recording, I'd throw you off for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: But yes, as as it happens, there's quite a lot of interesting different matchups. Do you go for the uh, dev charger across the board? Um, There are armies like Spartan. Um there are mash, Vikings. Mass um, shield
2: wall types as the Vikings and the integral shields, yeah. as we were just discussing. In fact.
1: Um, so um yeah, there's a good range of possible candidates as as well as of course your good old fashioned Roman legionaries. Um so I think at least Republican Rome. Late Republican, and one of them doesn't late, have it
0: cavalry. Late Republican has no cavalry Matt, I think so.
1: I think Satorian can do uh, is an option without cavalry as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, but certainly the late Republicans He could turn up with Caesar's tenth legion. Exceptional impact weapon, melee expert. Yeah, he
1: could fight three hundred Spartans and. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and fight and I think himself you... only on evens. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I think what you just said there about the. The initial reaction, it's certainly that was my initial reaction. I think, oh, that's a bit dull, especially as somebody who likes these cavalry armies. Um, and then you start looking and you sort of get, a, I found there's a bit of a challenge. What can I do with the figures I've got? And then, oh, there's that, oh, there's, oh, hang on, I can do a bit more than I think I can. And there's enough difference, there is more difference and its it's, you know, noticeable as we get closer. Uh, to the competition there's been more and more chatter about um just what can be taken or or just how insane you could possibly be (laughs) and and indeed there is going to be an award for the person who takes the daftest army
2: (laughs) (laughs) i mean despite my crack about pedestrian uh, as nick said the the more i've thought about it the more i've thought you know that as the opportunity for some really interesting mixes and army types um at the moment, I can't make it. I'm I'm hoping I'll get a pass from work and maybe I can grab a late slot, but um, I really hope so. Um, basically, because I have a list of armies I want to take, but I know I'm going to end up bringing Aztec. <laughs> you know, w- w- whatever it
0: is, it's going to be Aztec, I suspect. <laughs> you've, got, you've got these five really e- possibly effective lists, but you'll take Aztec anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, it should look beautiful, Matt. It, yeah it's it's gladiator games figures as well. so right. as
2: you can imagine they're, they're nice and chunky and they they, they paint yeah. up really well. so uh, and it's been sat in a box for two
1: years, so needs to come I, out. my My problem is I've got at least three armies that I want to get out of the box and use. <laughs> i have I have threatened if there are odd numbers, I'll actually bring two and fight two battles at the
0: same time. Uh, or p- perhaps as organizer, you can just give yourself a dispensation to fight fight with a different army every round. <laughs> now that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we have we, had little competitions like that like, like that before, but yeah, uh, that, that, that becomes hard work. Yeah. Yes, move from one to the other. <laughs> anyway, first, for, the, for the listeners out there, the bottom line here is it's almost certainly. A lot more interesting and fun than it appears at first glance. Um, there's a real challenge in going going and finding lists that qualify. You know, I, I, although it would be an app, really would be an insane one to take. For instance, I did spot that you can actually take Timurid as holy infantry. <laughs> Early Lithuanian can do the same. <laughs> yeah, is <exactly. laughs> yeah. it's a bit Richard just said about if you can replace the cavalry with infantry? Just having Dismountable doesn't cut if you have to have a line in the list that says you replace it. Don't tickets are available. Dismountable, but tickets
1: are available. Yes. And it's uh, at Daventry, at Battlefield Hobbies, who are always excellent hosts.
2: Absolutely, yep. And you won't be judged for whatever um, you bring. Well, Except there's a prize, so you probably will be judged.
0: So. Well, you you will be judged, and the more insane, the better. The more chance <laughs> you are yep. have of winning, the, winning that prize. So, which I assume is, is completely at your whim, Richard. Uh, the
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that one is, there's the, the three prizes. There's uh, the bravery award for the person who takes the daftist army. There's the winner, uh, an award for the winner. Uh, and then there's the sloggers
0: award. Which Richard is not explaining what it's for. <laughs> we have to guess, do we? <laughs> the, the, Person who slogs the most. Yeah. All oh, right. So <laughs> we should, we shall find out what that goes. So so hopefully hopefully look, we'll see a number of you there. Um, obviously, people who've already entered, we'll see you there. Hopefully, it'll be some other yeah. people now motivated. Okay, chaps. I think pictures we pictures of the trophies are on Facebook. There you are. The see maker. what you could possibly win. Okay, I I think we have come to a a natural end on this. So hopefully, people um, have learned a bit of history from Richard. Um, learnt something from our army lists what that is who knows (laughs) Um, and have learnt that there's a really interesting competition coming up in about a month's time so like I say thank you very much to everybody who listens to this Um, as ever your feedback is most welcome and as are any ideas for things we could cover in the future so hopefully we will all see you soon and see you In podcast terms again soon. Thank you and cheerio.